0: Veterans Day to everyone, and for all the veterans who are serving, who have served, who are going to be serving, our deepest gratitude, thank you so much for providing safety to all of us in this great country. I'm Dave Spadaro, Eagles Insider, along with Joe Decamera, and we're talking Eagles and the Dolphins, and we've got a great show for you today on Eagles 360. Head coach Chip Kelly stops into the studio to talk about the Eagles and the Dolphins. We'll get to that in a bit. we we'll go behind enemy lines. We'll get to that in a bit. I got one for you, though, Joe. We're going to start it off with you. Okay. We've been talking Sam Bradford all year. Sure. Had a big game on Sunday night. Is it time for Sam Bradford to rise in your mind?
1: Uh, I think he's got a shot, Dave. Come on. Come on. Let's go.
0: Will he or won't he? I'm asking you, Joe. You've, you've been <laughs> very fair yeah. and critical mm-hmm. with Sam. Your opinion of how he played Sunday? Sunday night, he was good. I mean, he was, he was very good Sunday,
1: especially in the second half. He really came alive in the second half. I, I think Bradford certainly can use this as a launching pad to play better football the rest of the way. Here's the thing. I look at this kind of from a big picture, 30,000 feet view. If you look at it from the first two or three games, not very good at all. I mean, really, frankly, very, very bad. Over the last couple games, Dave, he has gotten better. So when you ask me, okay, what does the next eight games look like? First off, I don't know the answer. I think there's too much inconsistency to be able to prove and determine, no doubt about it. But he's certainly trending in the right direction. What is he doing better in your mind that he wasn't doing early in the season? More accurate, for one thing, even than he was just two games ago versus Carolina. But I would also say, and this is the biggest thing, greater pocket awareness, greater pocket mobility, greater pocket presence. He's got a, a better feel of where the pass rush is coming. I watched the film every week with Jaws down at NFL Films, and you can just see that he's more comfortable, Dave, within, you know, within the pocket, and he's understanding that very important nuance of when to step up, when to slide back, when to slide over, those things that the great quarterbacks do. He's getting better and better at
0: that. We'll see if he takes another step forward on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. A busy day on Wednesday at the NovaCare Complex, the Eagles on the field training, and trying to get some better news from the injury side of things. Let's get you caught up with everything happening with the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Alex Smith and this is your 360 Update. The Eagles were back at practice outdoors today here at the NovaCare Complex as they get set for Sunday afternoon's matchup with the Miami Dolphins. Today, inside the locker room, we heard from a number of the Eagles defenders as they get set to get the run game back on track.
0: Yeah, definitely we have to get, get back to playing run defense like we know how to play. Been, we played good run defense you know, up until the last two weeks and that's, you know, that's not who we are you know, are we focused on stopping the run first? So we have to get back to, to playing good solid run defense. For us, uh, we
3: just, I think for us, we just gotta start talking about it again. Cause we was more so talking about turnover, turnover, turnovers and turnovers been happening. But I think in the beginning we were talking stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. So we gotta get back to
4: just putting it in
3: our head, talk
4: about it, and um, I think we should be fine. A lot of times I was in the backfield, I just didn't wrap up, and uh, wrap up and tackle the ball carrier when I didn't do that, that allows them to get six, seven yards and things like that, so it, I could definitely say that would be the main thing from my point of view, is uh, make sure we tackle, whenever we get an opportunity to tackle the ball carry then make sure we tackle the uh,
2: Next up, we have an injury update as two Eagles safeties did not participate in today's practice. That would be Jerome Couplin and Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins is still going through the league's concussion protocol, although head coach Chip Kelly did say that Jenkins should be able to return on Thursday. Meanwhile, four Eagles were limited in today's practice as Josh Andrews, D'Amico Ryans, Riley Cooper and Jason Peters were all limited. We did hear from Peters afterwards who explained that the week of practice will determine whether or not he goes on Sunday.
4: Uh, I want to say either tomorrow or Friday. Okay. Just, just, just feeling-wise. Like, if I had to make a decision today, I'd tell Coach I'd play. But I mean, it's gonna be up to him uh, and, and how I feel.
2: And finally, as today is Veterans Day, we heard from Chip Kelly and Zach Ertz on their appreciation for our military.
3: Well, I think it should influence not just your coaching career; it should influence everybody's lives in terms of we're allowed to do what we do right now because of. The men and women that made sacrifices to defend this country and what what this country stands for and i think not only them i think it's their families also that you know the ultimate sacrifice a lot of them make in losing a loved one or having a loved one being stationed overseas while they're back here in the states but i think we're all fortunate it's a day like this and it it, honestly to me i don't think it should be one day that we recognize the military in terms of the sacrifices they make but it should be on a daily basis when you get an opportunity to just say thank you for what they do because they've done made a choice in their lives to do something, so they were allowed to do this, so.
5: Um, Yeah, Um, in the off season, uh, Sanchez had a a big camp uh, with some of the wounded warriors down there. This preseason, I gave all my tickets to some of the guys that were in between tours right now. So, I mean, those guys sacrifice everything. We play a game uh, compared to what they do each and every day. We have a privilege as Americans to have our freedoms because of those guys, and I mean, my hat's off to them. I have the ultimate respect for those guys.
2: That will wrap things up for this edition of the 360 Update. Be sure to stay tuned to PhiladelphiaEagles.com throughout the week for all the latest Eagles news.
0: Thanks so much, Alex. Head coach Chip Kelly in studio in a bit here on Eagles 360. But next up, Chris McPherson. A little cover, two with some Eagles beat reporters at the midway point of this 2015 season. Where do the Eagles stand? We'll talk about it when we return.
6: Temple Owl. Meet Stella. She's wise, fierce, and she's not alone. Temple University, where owls call home. We are the cherry and white. The city is our classroom, and we lead the rush hour, making our mark on every field around the world. A world without Temple, well, that's like the sky without the North Star. Temple, never stopping.
0: We are back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadero, Joe DiCamera. Time now for some Cover 2. Chris McPherson with Les Bowen of the Philadelphia Daily News, Elliot Shore Parks from NJ.com.
5: Hello, Eagles fans. I'm Chris McPherson, and welcome to this week's edition of Cover 2 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. We're going to look back at the monumental 33-27 overtime win over the Dallas Cowboys, and to help me break it down, I brought in Les Bowen from the Philadelphia Daily News and Elliot Shore Parks from NJ.com so gentlemen unless I'll let you start things off overall just what is your biggest takeaway from the Eagles getting this big one on the road
4: well the most obvious one is that they showed resiliency they, they came back time and time again to, to win. Uh, they got off to a horrible start and, and persevered but m- more nuanced would be I think in the second half we actually saw the offense work again with tempo Wearing a defense down, that sort of stuff. Uh, Sam Bradford making throws. These are things that had kind of been in question that really hadn't been happening on a regular basis or very much at all since early, you know, since the season began, since the preseason. ESP.
6: Yeah, I mean, along those same lines, Chip talked about it at his press conference today, actually, about how this team, you know, when you put it together, you knew there's going to be some growing pains. And I think this was a game where maybe as a group of guys, not just a football team, but as like. New teammates, you really build, and you could build upon this. I mean, that's a tough spot. Primetime, biggest rival on the road, losing. If you lose your seasons, essentially, over or close to it, for them to come back and win that game, I really think it could do a lot for their confidence going forward. Because let's be honest, up until now, I mean, at 3 and 4, there was plenty of reasons to be skeptical. But now that they win that game, I think they can maybe feel good about themselves going into – a potentially easier part of the schedule all
5: right esp sam bradford threw for 295 yards at the game-winning touchdown in overtime yep. was this the moment for sam bradford the one that fans have been waiting for
6: we'll find out next week because i mean every quarterback's capable of having a really good game i mean you know you look at some of the quarterbacks around the league like kirk cousins has done it so but bradford that was him at his best this is what the eagles want from him he was accurate he was very decisive He did a good job uh, you know putting uh spreading the ball around Let's see what he does next week, to me. I think he, he has the ability to do it. It's just a matter of whether he can be consistent.
5: Les, any concern on your part about the defense? Last two weeks, give up a lot of yards on the ground, 100-yard individual rushers, something that we haven't seen from this team. Any concern that the offense is starting to catch up to the defense, but maybe the defense is coming back a little bit?
4: Yeah, it's funny how that works, isn't it? It, it, it does seem that way quite a bit. Uh, Connor Barwin told me yesterday that it's more a matter of them sometimes only having six guys in the box now because they're playing you know defenses like nickel and dime and stuff like that but you know it is a concern I mean I I would have said going into the Carolina game that this was a dominant run defense and that it was gonna be very hard to beat them you know with a run based offense they lost that Carolina game pretty handily and they gave up 204 yards rushing and then Dallas uh, wasn't 204. It was like 134, I think. But Darren McFadden uh, really gashed some holes in the Eagles. There was a lot of misdirection. Uh, there, uh, Dallas's offense worked much better than it has in any game since Tony Romo went down. And that's a little bit of a concern. And especially with all this uh, uh, uncertainty at the inside linebacker position with D'Amico Ryan sitting out the last two games and now Jordan Hicks down for the season. Michael Kendricks, to me, I tried to sort of gingerly talk to him about this yesterday he didn't quite agree but I thought he looked really rusty still again Sunday night I thought he missed tackles I thought he went to the wrong places a lot Uh, you know he's got to be the guy that he was last year
6: I was gonna say on that note I mean going into the season you look at the inside linebackers you had Kiko Kendricks Hicks D'Amico was kind of a bit of a forgotten man but he's been out the past two weeks. I mean, you know, and I think that's a big reason that the the run run. defense has struggled. I mean, you know, he's not the most athletic guy, but he's their best inside linebacker in terms of run defense. So I I think him coming back will actually cure a lot of those problems. Okay,
5: looking ahead, they have Miami this Sunday, followed by Tampa Bay, and then Thanksgiving in Detroit. Is this the time, ESP, where the Eagles need to get hot and take advantage of a weak NFC East, as well as a favorable schedule.
6: Yeah, I mean, if the Eagles win these next three games, they might have the NFC East locked up the way this division's been. So, I mean, you look at the Eagles' remaining schedule, it's not just these next three weeks. You look at their next eight games, I think they should be favored in seven of them. I mean, the, the as you look back at their season now, I mean, they had Atlanta, that was a tough game. Carolina's a tough game. They've had some tough opponents. The Jets was a tough one. I think the second half of the schedule really sets up well for them to, to make a run. And I think, obviously, these next three weeks, they can really start that off. Bless your thoughts on the next yeah, three Yeah, Yeah,
4: I don't know about being favored against Arizona, even though it's well, I here. That's a close one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they have those three games, then they go to New England. So they need to win these three games, and they need to really, you know, not get anybody else crucial out for the season or anything like that and get get healthy and establish what their offense is going to be in the second half of the season. I think these are good opponents to do that against. And, uh, yeah, they'll be favored in each of these next three games, and they should win each of these next three
5: games. All right. He's Les Bone from the Philadelphia Daily News and Elliott Shore Parks from NJ.com. And I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of Cover 2 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com.
0: Well done, gentlemen. It, it is interesting, Joe. We we I think the narrative changes just about every week, as it does in the NFL, that's mm-hmm. why the NFL is so great. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you believe that the offense, as it stands now, is ahead of the defense?
1: No, no, I don't. I think I think it's a better defensive football team than offensive football team right now. I think there's greater room for growth for the def- uh, for the offense certainly, and I, I like the way Chip is starting more and more to diversify the offense. You know, we're seeing more and more two tight ends. We're seeing uh, in the game. Uh, versus Dallas, two running backs, not in the backfield, but Darren Sproles in the slot. Sam Bradford was 6-for-6 six six when they had two running backs on the field in the game. So I think you're starting to see greater diversity. All, all diversification. Also, Sam Bradford, this kind of went under the radar on Sunday night, but Sam Bradford um, was uh, more design rollouts. Not a plethora of them, not a ton, but four times Chip had him Fake the handoff and move, and of course that's to prevent Sean Lee. And when Sean Lee was out, from just coming down and hitting Demarco or hitting Ryan Matthews, what many people saw as a very predictable Eagles offense in the first couple weeks of the season. So I like the fact that Chip's opening it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and when the Eagles put it all together here for four quarters, this offense really could be devastating. But we are we are done with Dallas. It's on now to the Miami Dolphins. And when we return to Eagles 360, we're going to take a look. Our first look at a struggling. Miami Dolphins team coming to Lincoln Financial Field. Salute to Service Day on Sunday.
4: Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day, and we actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our
2: number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do.
6: We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down.
5: 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it,
2: you'll love it.
6: I got tickets, metro tickets. You need a metro ticket, talk to me, please. How do I
5: even
1: know
6: these are real tickets? Yeah, you know, just you to touch it. How
5: do I know they're
6: legit? Is the, this leather legit? I mean, how do we really know? It looks good, right? Is
4: the metro paying you to do
6: this? No, I'm paying myself. I oh, gotta make that profit. Makes more sense. Does the baby need a metro ticket? I'll give her one on me. These tickets, they're not stealing your soul. You can look at them. Man, nobody wants to buy tickets from a guy on the street. I don't understand. What if this year we went around the table and instead of saying what we're thankful for, we said who we're thankful for? Lincoln Financial helps provide financial security for those who are always there for you because this is what you do for people you love. Take charge of your now at LincolnFinancial.com. Lincoln Financial, you're in charge.
0: Bob's Discount Furniture, the official furniture store of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider with Joe DeCamera. Time now to take a look at the Miami Dolphins. And it's time to everybody get up for this game. The Cowboys is over. Let's talk about (laughs) Miami. As Chip Kelly said after the game, doesn't matter if you lose this week. So let's see how focused the Eagles are on Sunday. The Miami Dolphins at a glance with a new coach, Dan Campbell, midseason. Joe... Nothing really jumps out at you other than they've been waffled the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, they have. And against New England two weeks ago, you expect that. Most teams are going to lose big to the New England Patriots, and certainly they did. But last week for them was a tough one uh, and a bad one, because they, they played Buffalo. That's certainly a winnable game, and they got smoked by the Buffalo Bills. This really hurts the Dolphins w- within their season. Now at 3-5, and five, obviously they're not going to win their division. They're in the same division with the New England Patriots. We all know you can r- rule that out. So for Miami, that's what makes this a very important game for them, Dave, coming up here uh, against the Eagles Sunday at the link, because the Dolphins at three and five currently sit two games behind the wild card spot in the AFC. Now that team's the Jets so you got some opportunity because I don't think the Jets maybe will be in it for the long haul. Got a bunch of teams at four and four so the Dolphins are still in it but they desperately need a win and if they lose to the Eagles their season's really going to be in trouble.
0: And to get a win they need their quarterback to play really good football and he hasn't played really good football this year. He's been okay. Is Ryan Tannehill ever going to be the franchise quarterback that Miami envisioned when they selected him in the first round a few years ago. You see the numbers. He throws the football down the field. He's got some good receivers who break tackles. Uh, The 64% completion percentage is nice. 13-9, and really nothing stands out about Ryan Tannehill playing behind a not very good offensive line. Yeah,
1: still pretty early in his career, and and there's certainly room for growth and a sense that Ryan Tannehill can become a a pretty strong quarterback in this league. I mean, we'll say, if I had to put my money down, I'd say middle-of-the-road kind of careers up ahead. But, you know, he has shown glimpses and, and signs of promise, but he hasn't really been able to put it together consistently, and I think in many ways that kind of defines what the
0: Dolphins have been this year. And Sam Bradford, of course, is trending up as we all agree, after that win against the Dallas Cowboys. How about the running back situation? Well, the Eagles have been pounding the rock. It hasn't just been DeMarco Murray. It's been Ryan Matthews since week three of the season. The Eagles second only to St. Louis, rushing the football. Joe, this running game is lethal when they get it going.
1: Well, I want to start with, because it's where the season started, and I think the conversation, unfortunately, has moved too far away too frequently from this. The offensive line's gotten a lot better. So for all the talk about the running game being strong and the running backs being strong, and certainly they're playing you know, some really good football right now, DeMarco, I think, had his best game of the season by far versus the Cowboys, and Ryan Matthews, every time he's in there, delivers. But let's start with the offensive line, because that's really, you want to talk about Game 1 versus Atlanta, Game 2 versus Dallas, and the whole town, including me, everybody, really concerned because the offensive line looks so bad, Dave. Mm-hmm. They've come a long way. And by the way, they've done it without Jason Peters now in four different games not finishing the game or three games he didn't finish in last game he didn't play. So it'll be good to get Peters back whenever he's able to play. Hopefully it's this week. We shall see. But I give those guys credit. But to your point about the running backs themselves, they're really delivering I mean, they're playing some good football. Right?
0: Yeah, and for Miami, Lamar Miller is part of a two-headed backfield. They run the football well. They catch the football well. They use their running backs in a variety of ways. So do not sleep on Lamar Miller and company. That's a good group in the backfield. Jay he, if I pronounced that correctly, a rookie who was activated last week from Boise State, runs hard, brings it really, really hard. So I would imagine the Eagles will have to obviously focus on a run game that hasn't been something they've been shutting down the last couple of weeks. They've had trouble against Carolina and then against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, for
1: sure. And, and now, of course, with Jordan Hicks out for the season, you know, that's part of the equation here. Now, it's it's good to have depth at that position. You got three players that have had some, some real success, big success in the league with D'Amico Ryans, Michael Kendricks, and Kiko Alonso. I think Kiko was a little rusty coming back playing oh, yeah. that game Sunday night. I think it was about 29 snaps for him. So getting him going more and more will be important. Obviously, D'Amico was playing really well before his injury. Uh, I was incredibly impressed with D'Amico's growth through the season. I was really concerned in the beginning of the year. He looked so bad versus Atlanta. Uh, And the bottom line is I was really concerned about whether he was going to be able to come back from that Achilles and ever be himself. He he was playing terrific football before his injury. So when you talk about the run game, Dave, and and now trying to fortify it, you know, those linebackers are going to be very important.
0: In the pass game for the Eagles, of course, Jordan Matthews coming off his tremendous game against the Cowboys. And his numbers look great at the halfway point of the season. This week, it's kind of a battle of two players from that 2014 draft class. Jarvis Landry is outstanding. The LSU product catches the football. A lot of bubble screens they run. He's really good with the football in his hands after the catch. They will use him in a variety of ways, including throwing the football. And I believe this, I believe that Miami will challenge Byron Maxwell to make tackles. So they'll get the ball out of Tannehill's hands quickly, throw that screen out there, and make Maxwell, who has not wowed anybody, with his tackling technique, they're gonna make him tackle on Sunday. (laughs) Well,
1: we've seen a few of them through Eagles history. Uh, Bobby Taylor, Asante Samuel, and now, uh, you know, obviously Byron Maxwell not the, not the best tackler. It's good to have the safeties and you know Malcolm Jenkins and Walter Thurman that they can't hit and, and they're not afraid to get in there. But, but you're right, Dave. I mean Maxwell's technique uh, has to get better on tackling. And you know when we talk about Jordan Matthews, I think one one sign that was very interesting from the game versus the Cowboys, uh, two different times, including the game-winning touchdown, you know, chip with a play design that got Jordan Matthews deeper down the field. I mean, obviously it's it's no secret the Eagles' outside receivers are struggling enormously right now. They combined for. three three catches in the entire game, talking obviously about Josh Hoff and Riley Cooper. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was out, as we know, but but Miles Austin, just three catches for that group. Not good. So, getting Matthews a little bit deeper from time to time to try to utilize, I mean, he is the best receiver on the team, try to utilize his talent to get down the field good. They did that in the third quarter. It was the first time all season, Dave, they ran that play and connected to Jordan Matthews this year, and as Chip talked about after the game, he said he knew that if they got across the 50-yard line in overtime, he wanted to go back to it, and he went back to a play he utilized in the third quarter uh, for, I think it was a 29-yard gain and, of course, big you know game-winning play there in overtime.
0: Yeah, good catch and run from Matthews on that first one. Let's take a look at the tight ends because the Dolphins have a good one. Jordan Cameron is a pass catcher, gets down the field athletic, uh, and somebody that Obviously, Ryan Tannehill likes to go to. The Eagles will have to contend with him in coverage.
1: Yeah, so you're talking about Connor Barber and Malcolm Jenkins, you know, having to defend him. And uh, I thought Malcolm Jenkins struggled a bit in the game uh, versus the Cowboys. I thought it was a smart play when he basically tackled Jason Witten at the end of the game because he was trying to prevent Dallas from getting the ball deeper down the field and all that. It was just a five-yard penalty. And uh, seconds went off the clock. They had a kick to kick the field goal. They made it. But but certainly Malcolm Jenkins can play better than he did. And I
0: would th- think Kiko Alonso, though, would be that guy. Yeah, be I mean no, he, right. Kiko came in. Early against the Cowboys, his job was to work against Jason Witten in the nickel. And he just had so much rust on him that he had his 27 snaps, 29 snaps, whatever it was, and came off the field. I would imagine Kiko, from a physical standpoint, is a better matchup.
1: I, I would agree. No, I, I think look. Guys, Kiko is going to be huge one way or the other, swing factor for this team's success or failure in the second half of the season. I mean, let's remember, the Philadelphia Eagles traded the all-time leading rusher in franchise history, LeSean McCoy, for Kiko Alonso. Big expectations come with that. Now, we know it wasn't just as simple as player for player. Here's you are talking about shedding a lot of contract in a salary cap league and being able to allocate that money elsewhere, as the Eagles did with, you know, signing Byron Maxwell or acquiring Sam Bradford. So it's not as simple as this player for that player. But, you know, let's be real. When you trade a guy as good as LeSean McCoy... There's an expectation that the player that's brought in for him is going to be a big-time player.
0: Now, the defense is, well, we take a look at the numbers. In Miami's defense was supposed to be outstanding. They went out and got the crown jewel in free agency and Dama Kasu. However, they lost Cameron Wake with an injury a couple of weeks ago, and that has absolutely crushed this defense. They gave up 266 rushing yards last week to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, It's not a good defense right now, Joe. No,
1: it's not, and that plays into the Eagles' hands in in two ways. First off, because the Eagles are running the ball so successfully right now. I mean, it really has been incredible growth uh, over the last four or five weeks with what the Eagles have done with the running game. Uh, Very, very impressive. But also Sam Bradford and the comfortability uh, for him. And, 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 you know, hopefully the Eagles in this game versus Miami can get the ball down the field more. Because I I think when you look at the areas where the Eagles – uh, have struggled this year. In in many of the areas, they've gotten better. Maxwell's been better than he was in the first couple of weeks. Bradford's been better than he was in the first couple of weeks. DeMarco's been better, and certainly the offensive line's been better. But the one area where I think, Dave, they still really do lag behind fairly dramatically is the outside receivers and getting the ball you know, down the field. And th- listen, this is modern-day NFL football where teams are constantly 25-30, 35-40-yard 30, plays down the field. And it's not just about the completions, but the interference penalties you get as well You know, when you take those chances. So they really do have to open that up and get great.
0: And if you can get the run game going and everything works off the run game, the play action game goes and then the passing game explodes. That's the idea. And hopefully Nelson Aguilar on the field on Sunday. So there's your look. The first look at the Miami Dolphins ahead of Sunday's game. When we return to Eagles 360, the head coach, Chip Kelly, comes into studio and he's all fired up about the Miami Dolphins.
5: Catch holiday cookie cheer on the tip of your tongue with Dunkin' Donuts holiday cookie flavored coffees, lattes, and macchiatos. Enjoy every sip of the new Snickerdoodle Macchiato. America runs on Dunkin'.
0: The tournament is there, you're
5: here. And before you take the team's star midfielder from here to there, along with his entourage, you have some things to do. Like finding a place to stay, getting an oil change, mapping out the best route, yes. Are we there yet? No. Roadside assistance? Not today, but always on call. So wherever your journey takes you, AAA helps you get there, so everyone's a winner. Start your journey
4: at AAA.com.
3: new sweet black pepper bacon
5: sandwich with double the slices of caramelized crispy pepper bacon it's the bacon experience you've been waiting for bacon up
0: America runs on duncan Welcome to our exclusive one on one with head coach chip Kelly presented by Wawa Miami Dolphins come to town on Sunday before we talk about football. November is Salute to Service Month in the NFL, and Sunday is the Eagles Salute to Service game. And mm-hmm. in the context of everything, the freedoms we have, the freedom people have, uh, can you talk about how much you appreciate what the military does for us?
3: Oh, I tremendous. I mean, I appreciate them more than you can uh, really put into words. I think we're allowed to do what we do, our daily lives, and our whether it's our job or uh, just about what we do, and, and because of how they defend us. You know, and there are people overseas right now that. Um, have sacrificed um, and they're the true patriots I think we all get patriotic around this time of year and talk about it But I think it's it's the daily uh, Effort that the men and women that are overseas and their families that are back here that Don't have a loved one around right now because someone's doing something overseas to protect our country It's uh, you know, it's it's the most noble thing anybody can do and my hats off to them And I think anytime there shouldn't just be one day where we thank them. There should be an entire uh, 365 days a year that we say thank you for what you guys do.
0: Well said. Time to talk a little football. The Dolphins come to town. Ryan Tannehill is one of the young, talented quarterbacks in this league. At one point last week, 21 of 24 passes completed against Buffalo. What have you seen from him?
3: Yeah, uh, Very accurate. I think he's really grown as a passer. Um, extremely dangerous with his feet. Can beat you running the football also. Um, they have designed quarterback runs for him because he's that athletic. He actually played wide receiver at Texas A&M while he was biding his time be- before he became the starting quarterback there. So um, he's a true dual-threat quarterback. He can beat you both ways. Uh, he's really, really improved as a passer and doing a really nice job with
0: him. They also have a very talented backfield with Lamar Miller. Rookie Jay Ajayi makes his debut last week. How do they use their backs?
3: Um, you know, they're a one-back set, um, but they, they do a good job now with with Miller and Ajayi where they can rotate the two of them and always keep a fresh body in there. But uh, um, it's, it's an attack that it, because they run... Some zone replays is that you have to worry about the quarterback, too, so you just can't gang up on the running back. So um, it will present a problem similar to what Carolina did to us.
0: Bill Lazor their offensive coordinator. He was here with you as the quarterback's coach. Is there a lot of familiarity with what they do and what
3: you guys run? There are some plays that are, you know, you can look at and say, "Hey, we ran that when uh, when Bill was here with the Eagles." But he's got his own offensive system. It's not a, he didn't take what we took from there. He had a varied background before he got here, so um, there'll be some plays that will look familiar to us. But there's other plays that are just uh, specific to the Dolphins.
0: On the other side of the ball, Indama Sioux is their big addition to the defensive line. What kind of impact has he made?
3: He's made a big impact. I think just because of everybody has to know where he is, he he's got gets a lot of attention. Um, Gets a, gets a lot of double teams and when people are double teaming because he's such a good player then it frees up other people but um, there's some other good guys across the front especially Olivia Vernon at the defensive end that it, it makes it difficult to always double sue when you have a really good defensive end outside of him but um, obviously one of the premier defensive tackles in this league.
0: Change down there, Chip and what have they done defensively the whole season and then since the coaching change?
3: Uh, they haven't really changed defensively. I know they have a new defensive coordinator, but he was the defensive back coach there. So they seem like they're running the same system and doing the same things they did before they made the change.
0: With this team again on Sunday night, the Eagles score a touchdown to open up the second half. First offensive possession, that's five touchdowns on offensive possessions, first offensive possessions in second half this year. What has that meant for your success to come out so strong in the second think, half? You
3: know, we've, um, been, been in close games when it comes to halftime and you're always talking about setting the tone when you come out in the second half and our, our players have really executed in, the, in those five opportunities.
0: What did Sam Bradford do so well on Sunday night that really stood out to you?
3: I, I think Sam's done similar things that he's done in earlier games. I think really it is we, we caught the football. you know, and I, I think we um, still had three drops on, uh, on Sunday night but our number of drops were down and allowed us to keep our offense on the field and extend drives but I, I felt Sam's played well the last couple of weeks and um, I think everybody on offense is starting to get together and um, kind of rise up to where Sam's playing, so I think uh, you know, everybody helped each other out.
0: Key stat, two of two on goal-to-go situations in Dallas. What went well inside that close area?
3: Just execution, you know, and, and it's like anything. The first time we played Dallas, we didn't do a very good job blocking. We didn't do a very job, good job catching. We weren't very good offensively, but this game um, we executed. I thought our offensive line did played an outstanding game against a really good defensive front, um, and we just executed
0: on defense jordan hicks now lost for the season how do you look at the rest of the group inside
3: well one of our goals was to increase our depth at inside linebacker we lost to Mikko ryans for the year last year and we lost michael kendricks for an extended period of time so um, part of bringing kiko in here and part of bringing jordan in here was to to add to that depth unfortunately uh, losing a player that was playing as well as jordan um, you know hurts us but we'll, we should get to Mikko back um, we got Michael back, we got Kiko back, so we feel like we're still pretty good there. We also have Naji Good, who's playing really well for us on special teams um, to go along with those guys. So I, I think we'll be okay now. We, we can't afford probably to miss too many other people, but uh, I think we're okay right now at Inside Linebacker. Thanks, Coach. Good luck on Sunday.
1: When you get away from smartphones and video games and tablets, it's amazing what you can really plug into. This season, shop the brands you love, plus thousands of items on sale now. Sports Authority, all things sporting good.
6: i sup to Philly.
1: i sup to Philly. The bus. The trolley. The train. Jefferson Station. Airport line.
0: 69th Street. Broad Street.
2: To the game. Paoli. Sharon Hill.
6: Chestnut Hill. Regional Rail.
2: I sub to Philly. The Broad Street Line on game days.
6: A La Bodega. To the movies. To my Parkway. Spring Garden.
2: Late Night.
4: West Philly. South Philly. North Philly! Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. And we actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority.
2: No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apples, the Christie's lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do.
6: We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down.
5: 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it.
0: Love the Eagles? Play the new instant game from the Pennsylvania Lottery. Players must be 18 or older to play. Please play responsibly. Welcome back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, along with Joe Decamera. Our final segment today. We're here every Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock, of course. Joe will be with us on game day on Sunday. You feeling like we got a big blowout coming up like everybody (laughs) else is talking about, which I hate, I hate, I hate. Glenn McNeil said it yesterday. Jinx all over the place. I think it's a tough game. You're, well, first off, I, I don't know if I'd say tough, but I,
1: I, at this point, I'm not in the mode of thinking that anything's a given for the Eagles. I don't I don't think the Eagles have proven yet to be good enough to just stamp it, no doubt about it, you know, three-game winning streak, as people are talking about. Look, Dave, they have the opportunity for a three-game win streak, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's exciting, but particularly important when you recognize that New England's the four games away from here, and that's you know, an all-but-guaranteed loss. You are looking ahead, Joe. That's what I'm I am shocked. <laughs> that's, that's what I what do. That's what you do. That's what I do. Hopefully that's
0: not what the football team no, does. No,
1: but listen, that, there's, there's a difference between those 53 and me. I mean, right. it's, you know, it's what it is. But, you know, you look at the landscape of this season right now, Dave. The Eagles at 4-4, four and four, the Giants, as we know, at 5-4. and four. Now, I look ahead. Week 17, I think the Eagles and Giants are going to play for the division. I'll tell you that right now. But with that said, the bottom line is that, mark this down, The New York Giants will not have won another football game by the time the Eagles play their third game out of these three. Eagles play the third game of these three versus the Detroit Lions, Dave, on Thanksgiving Day. And I'm telling you right now, the Giants will still have, they have five wins right now, they will still have five wins when the Eagles play that game on Thanksgiving Day. Because their next two weeks are against New England, they will lose, and the bye week, they will not win. So they will still have five wins when the Eagles play the Lions Thanksgiving Day.
0: I really thought it was going to like be something really bold you were proclaiming here,
1: but it <laughs> but, really isn't. But my point is, is there's opportunity. That's what I, I agree of with course. Dave. Dave's being a funny guy here, being a tough guy, talking about, you know. Tough guy. But listen. I'm a tough guy. <laughs> here's what it's about. It's about the fact that with where this season started at 0-2 and 1-3, and 1 and, 3, and just just tremendous angst amongst Eagles fans. Sure. And, and frankly, inside the building, obviously, with regard to, oh, man, this is not looking good. They have settled it down by winning four of six. And with the Giants being what they are, the Redskins and Cowboys, you know, I mean, the Eagles really helped themselves dramatically by submerging the Cowboys with now a 2-6 and six record. So I really do believe this division will come down to the Eagles and Giants. Again, that's no bold statement. I mean, that's common sense. But from where they were, they've come a long way, and there is opportunity.
0: All right. Let's get you caught up uh, and get you set up with everything coming up your way. Our Amoroso's on-the-menu segment here. Well, we've got Merle Reese coming into the studio. We're going behind enemy lines tomorrow with Alain Poupard from Dolphin Digest. And I'm going to go with the last word, our little Q&A that we started last week with Ron Jaworski. This week's subject, Jordan Matthews, from a completely different perspective. So make sure you're with us tomorrow, Friday, and then of course Sunday with Joe. Chris McPherson, Ike Reese, Greg Cosell, everybody covering Eagles Dolphins from start to finish. We thank you for joining us here on Eagles 360 today for Joe DeCamera, Dave Spadaro. We thank you for joining us again. Have yourselves a great Eagles day.